Hi, this is Chris Heineken, CEO of Atrium, bringing you interviews with a diverse mix of industry and technology leaders. With our Inside Track interview series, we invite different thought leaders to discuss their expertise around modernizing technical platforms and being more data-driven, especially in an age where corporate winners and losers are defined by customer experience. Today, I want to welcome Jason Little, SVP and GM of Tableau CRM, also COO of Tableau Worldwide Sales. Jason, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate the invitation. When I think about who in the world is in the top of the bell curve in terms of number of customers and scenarios that they interact with in the AI and analytics marketplace, Jason, you come to mind. So tell us a little bit more about your background as it relates to analytics in the AI market. Uh, for sure, Chris. Thank you for that. Uh, that's, that's a pretty big uh, hurdle right there. The biggest or jump to the top of the mind, but I don't know if I'm all that important, but I can tell you I do get a chance to meet with a lot of customers. So a little bit of history about me. I've been in the analytics space for about 20 years been in the data space for pretty much my entire career. It is interesting how you get, uh, how themes run out in your career. I'm an industrial engineer by training, uh, which is, you know, basically operations research was the basis of my, of my studies when I started before operations research was a thing. So it was kind of all around data and the, the use of data to optimize business processes. Um, but uh, I've always been pulled into the analytics space of that as well. So uh, throughout my career, I've been a data person uh, that turned into analytics. And then, of course, the, the move to analytic, to AI, uh, machine learning, those types of things as, as the uh, business has, or as the technology has progressed. Perfect. And I know you've had stints at uh, Oracle, MongoDB, Salesforce, quite a, quite a cross-section of technology there. Yeah, I actually started um, at Ernst & Young doing SAP implementations of all things, and I was all about data at that time as well. Uh, and then I did move into the Oracle uh, business early in my sales career, uh, obviously really focused on databases, data warehouses. I talk about the, you know, back then we were building what I call the intergalactic Death Star data warehouses, you know, that, that solve all problems for everybody. Um, uh, I made a little transition into uh, inside of Oracle and our analytics space specifically for a number of years. Um, and then I did what a lot of people do in our business. I decided I wanted to try a startup. Uh, I got to jump into uh, an inverted index SQL, uh, NoSQL database with MongoDB. Um, but then, you know, the kind of the culmination of my career is landing here at Salesforce um, where I was brought over to be part of the start of our Einstein analytics business, which is now called Tableau CRM. And then I've been fortunate to um, be part of the merger of Tableau into Salesforce. Um, so I really, in my mind, got to touch all the biggest and the best technologies in the data space in the world over the last 20 years or so. That's perfect, Jason. Thanks for that background. Maybe one more getting to know you question. With all that data background, do you have a favorite book or movie that involves data? It's interesting. Um, I've never been asked that question before. When you sent the pre-questions over, I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever thought about it that way. Uh, 
But when asked the question, of course, I'll come up with an answer. It's, it's hard to not like the imitation game if you're a data and analytics uh, person. Um, yep. Just the way that they worked through the, 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 the code breaking there uh, was such an interesting theory. I almost, by the way, went with uh, Goodwill Hunting uh, which is also sort of not really a data book, but kind of a data book, a math book. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you my favorite one is about solving puzzles. Um, and uh, and I know I'm answering like three different answers, but the imitation game made me start thinking about it. Um, it's it's actually not even a movie, but it's a, it's a uh, I can't think of the name of the book, but it was a book about how during World War II, the army used, um, native Indian speakers um, to as their code breakers, right? So um, there was, you know, uh, to, to do coded uh, messaging in the military, right? Uh, because there's nobody else that speaks those languages. I thought that yeah. was super interesting. And I've always had a really, um, a really interesting point of view to look, see how they kind of thought about changing the game completely, right? We're not going to make a code where, you know, J equals 12 and that kind of stuff. We're just going to speak in a language nobody knows. Unbreakable, right? Yeah. I kind of know that story. That those. So we got three suggestions out of there. I love it. Um, all right, let's transition to some of our topics here. Rear view mirror question for you. We talked a little bit about your experience. Just curious, your your retrospective on the last ten years. If you and I were talking in 2011, you'd have been at Oracle, have an Oracle email account, been talking about Oracle Business Intelligence. How much has changed and what are kind of the, the big significant movers as you think about the market over the last decade? Um, really interesting question. I think about that quite a lot, actually. Um, I think Oracle did an amazing job at sort of creating um, the marketplace for what I call uh, analytic intelligent apps, right? Um, we were out there selling, and in fact, it was something that Oracle bought from Siebel at the time. Uh, and it turned into, you know, these different applications that were built about around um, the functional features in the business, finance, HR, sales. Um, and the, you know, the, the thing that we were selling was, hey, let us pre-build it for you. We know what the best solution is. We'll, we'll solve these problems for you so you don't have to solve these problems yourselves, uh, which I thought was a really, really interesting story. And we were, you know, pretty successful with it. Um, so that was one theme that was happening at the time. The other theme was um, that that was just the beginning of the transformation from uh, these large data warehouses on SQL technology, right, to these NoSQL data, data lakes, um, right, the Hadoop and other things like that, just gathering this a massive amount of data. And it was all about centralizing these, these massive amounts of data. Um, if you fast forward to now, um, I think the world is still trying to figure out how to, how to centralize these mass chunks of data, and we got a lot of energy on it. Interestingly enough, over the last, not just 10 years, 20 years, we still haven't solved that problem, because frankly, I think it's an unsolvable problem, um, mm -hmm. right? I think the, the, the thing that's really swapped in my mind in about the last five or six years is we should stop thinking about how we solve these technical problems and we should solely focus on what is the end user customer experience of our solutions. If we flip all of our conversations to how are we gonna 
impact our user, whoever that is, an analyst, a salesperson, um, you know, an operations research guy, right? Um, how are we going to impact what, how they do their job every day? And we align our technologies to those things. Um, the, the, world, the decisions you make are completely different. Um, yep. The technologies you bring to bear are completely different. So for me, we've made that complete flip. And we're just thinking about the end user experience. And it does a couple of things. You and I have talked about this over the years many times. We need to bring data and analytics in multiple forms to people where they do their job. Um, analytics is not hard. As much as we would love to try to get everybody to believe that analytics is super hard, um, it's actually not. And um, it's also not unwanted by our customers. Everybody wants information. The number one barrier to analytics and solutions in that ilk is the delivery mechanism. It, we have a what the telephone companies call for forever, the last mile problem, right? right. So to me, we've changed everything, Chris, to focusing on what's the, how do we deliver the last mile and impact that customer experience? Oh, that's fantastic perspective. Let me ask you to take out your crystal ball, right? So we've, we've transitioned to kind of trying to solve the insolvable problem of centralizing data to being more business theme focused and an outcome and letting that drive our product decision-making and where we invest. Crystal ball, looking forward the next two to three years. Is it more of that, or do you see some other trends emerging? I think the latest trend that we see coming up right now, it's a little bit more of that, of course, always yeah. focused, uh, focused on the customer. Um, but I think the biggest trend that we see coming is the mechanism for delivery is going to change even further, right? So when I talk to you today about delivering to people where they are. We do it with dashboards. We do it on mobile phones. We do it with widgets inside of, inside of applications. Um, the world is changing. You and I are uh, filming this over this conversation over a Zoom meeting, right? Um, the way we interact with people is gonna change. I think the, the mechanism that we deliver that, deliver information is going to change even further. And what I mean by that, it's going to change to text, it's going to change to messaging. It's going to change to Slack. Um, it's going to change to um, you know uh, Alexa or Siri type uh, sure. conversations, right? It's going to become voice delivered. So we're thinking about how are we going to deliver these things to people in new and interesting ways. We just released at Tableau Conference um, uh, Tableau native to Slack, um, yep. so you'll be able to ask Tableau, uh, you know, ask Tableau questions through your Slack channels. I think that's the biggest change that's coming. Um, and you know what? The consumers of the world today uh, expect that. You expect to be able to ask your smart device um, to answer questions for you. You expect to be able to text with your, um, you know, with uh, the, the retail company that you just bought something from. You expect to be able to communicate with your employees and your boss through, you know, Slack and text. The, the world's just going to change that way. I think that's the driving factor. That's, that sets up the next topic um, in a good way. Uh, it's really more around advice. So, you know, one big thing I'm taking from you, it's all about the final mile. And guess what? That final mile is going to change a little bit. It's going to be a little bit of a moving target here over the, the next few years. You mentioned you interact with a ton of customers. And as you do, I'm sure you kind of formulate a, a quick opinion. Like as I'm talking to the market, there's maybe patterns where you feel hey, this company is going to be really successful. They get it. Um, or they have 
the setup to be very successful versus those that you're like, well, that's going to be a pretty big lift, a pretty big challenge. Anything that you would call out as far as those success patterns? I think there's a couple of things, Chris. The first one is I start all of my conversations with you have a choice as a company delivering any type of solution or product to your consumers. You can choose to optimize for uh, efficiency and cost savings and um, you know some sort of other technological strategy, or you can optimize for the end user customer experience. You're going to hear me say it over and over again. It's the center of everything that Salesforce does. Um, and so it's the center of all of our strategy, right? We focus on the end user experience. And when you do that, um, you can see really quickly the people that are willing to throw off some of the, the old misconceptions to consider new ways to attack a problem. Uh, and when you do that, you can tell those are the people that are going to be uber successful with these solutions. And it's not because it's what we're trying to do, it's because it's what customers, the end customer will actually adopt. Um, I say this all the time to my customers. You yep. can build the world's best piece of analytics information that predicts with 100% accuracy the right thing to do. And if it's not, an, not delivered to the person that has to act on that in the simplest way for them to consume it and understand it and take the action, it's worth nothing. Right. So it's focusing in on that end user experience. And you can see right away when people have changed their mindset or they yep. change it in the middle of the meeting to think about how to that, uh, how to deploy that. And that's where the success comes from. So um, it's all about adoption. And a big key of adoption is that customer experience mindset and getting in that frame of mind. That's that's great advice. I just would love to. Uh, hear about maybe your favorite example like so you've seen a you mentioned um, business themes which I kind of think in my head takes us to some use cases as you think about the last few years do you all the customers you've interacted with do you have like a favorite use case you don't need to be, say the specifics of the company name but just like some of the generalities around it that made it really unique high impact in your favorite uh, yeah, I have a I have a favorite category, uh, and it's a big category. Uh, but before I tell you what the category is, I'm just going to comment on the concept of AI. And um, I think there are two sort of big buckets of AI and machine learning that are out there. There are the AI and machine learnings that need to be incredibly accurate and have to be um, have to have the energy and effort that are put into them to and the rigor to make them beyond reproach on their accuracy. You know, they have to be, you're solving cancer, you're saving somebody's life, you're driving a car, right? Um, those kinds of things cannot, they have to be right and they have to be right almost all of the time. There's a whole nother category, in my opinion, of business data science that only has to be directionally right. And by the way, when I say directionally right, I mean, you know, mid 90s, high 90s accuracy. Um, and that's where we're focused on the end of the business. We want to make it easy for business users and analysts to come up with directionally strong, accurate predictions um, in places where we're not, uh, you know, going to hurt the business if, if you're off by a few points. So my favorite uh, use case in all those times, uh, of all those, I'm a sales guy, so I'm going to lean that way, um, is 
your probability to win an opportunity in your business. Um, as a sales guy, the most important information that you can give me is what's the probability I'm going to win this deal? And then what can I do to impact the, the, that winning probability? Um, if you deliver those two things to me, again, in that last mile we've been talking about, I'm probably going to look at them, take advantage of them, and hopefully impact a few of those, of those opportunities in the right direction. Um, at a minimum, I'm going to maximize my resources and I'll work on the ones that I have a chance of winning versus the ones that I don't have a chance of winning. So nice. we deploy that at almost every customer that I sell AI to. We're Salesforce, of course. When we sell AI, almost everybody wants to talk about what's the probability of me winning my opportunity. That's great, Jason. So it's I love how you framed the AI market there. Like we're you and I, we're kind of collectively in the space of it's not about like hundred um, percent accuracy of predictions, not life and death. We are in the directional market. Um, you know, ninety percent is great. It's a heck of a lot better than a coin flip and gut feel, which is what's happening in a lot of places in business. Our last question here, Jason, this podcast focuses a lot for listeners around how they can um, be a higher impact in their careers and in their jobs, how they build careers around data. And as you interact with a lot of professionals in the marketplace, are there skill sets or personality traits or things that jump to you for folks that want to improve their careers in this space? Uh, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that question. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I became part of Tableau about two years ago when we brought the, when Salesforce bought Tableau. Um, and I, I think my answer has changed in the last couple of years. Um, as you've seen the data culture that Tableau helps to build inside of companies, the excitement that people bring around analytics and data, um, my opinion has kind of changed on this topic a little bit. The number one thing you can do is be inquisitive and then just go try it, right? Um, Tableau's position has, has been in this data economy that we talk about. We want to get data to everyone. We want everyone to be able to see and understand their data. We want to make it simple for people to use Tableau to see and understand their data. Um, and I've always been in the, before Tableau, I was kind of in the big, big enterprise space and kind of really thinking about very large type things that were complex. And there's a lot of simple things that people can do, learning themselves, working with the data, using the visualizations um, that are amazing. We just finished Tableau Conference. We got to see the Iron Biz um, uh, winners. And it's amazing what those folks did with the data set that we gave them. And most of those people picked up Tableau on their desktop uh, at some point and just started using it and learned and learned and learned. Um, to me, that's the number one thing. If you want to be a data person, just get out there and start using it. Yeah. Curiosity, trial and error. I, I love the field. It's so cool as far as the blending of art and science, right? To, to be a practitioner in this, in this space. Jason, there's so many good nuggets from this conversation. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Chris, I really appreciate uh, being invited to be part of this. I love the work that you and your team do. You've been a great partner for us for years, and we're excited to see where Atrium goes uh, from here. Thank you, Jason. We hope you enjoyed our conversation, and you can learn more about Atrium at atrium.ai.